You are listening to the Ibn Abi Umar podcast. This is your host, Umar Osman. All right, today's episode is a recording of an Instagram live that I did with Ustad Imran Salha. He was kind enough to invite me on and talk about fic of social media. So we got into just a quick overview, a couple of different topics related to it, action plan at the end, all that good stuff. I've linked up to Ustad Imran's social media and all that stuff, so make sure you follow him there. And with that, here's the episode. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, Sayyidi Khalqillah, wa al-Mustafa, habibina wa rasulina, Muhammadin ibn Abdullah, wa ba'd. First of all, um, alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, uh, it's a pleasure to have you, Brother Umar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and uh, accept from you and, uh, and uh, yani, inshallah, enable you to continue to be a source of uh, clarity on uh, the issues that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you to speak on, mashallah. Uh, how are you today? Alhamdulillah, Najlaqlaqar for having me on. Alhamdulillah, it's a, it's a pleasure. So I want to start, inshallah. Uh, first of all, uh, like I want to just start, you know, with some icebreakers. I want to ask you some random questions. I know the answers to these questions, obviously, because right. I, I follow you already. Um, but yeah, are you a coffee or a tea person? Coffee. <laughs> Anybody who follows Ibn Abi Umar, you get to see a beautiful, uh, you know, latte art that, mashallah, I saw the progression of for the past uh, month or so. So, mashallah, I think we need a tutorial, you know, on how you on how you're able to do that, mashallah. <laughs> but yeah, actually, both. Honestly, I mean, I drink both regularly, but you know, coffee is more fun to make. Yeah, for me, it's like, the, you know, coffee is a necessity in the morning, but like, you know, shay uh, na'na, like a mint tea at night is, is also good. You know what I mean? You got you to gotta mix yeah. it up. Alhamdulillah. Awesome. All right. Uh, so what was your opinion on LeBron James leaving the Cavaliers when he left? I was okay with it because... Oh. Uh, because, <laughs> oh look, ownership didn't commit. Hmm. Okay. They could have traded. They could have traded for Paul George. They could have done a number of things to try to win the championship that year. They didn't commit. Mm. So too bad. Mm, I see. You only get the, that's a once in a lifetime chance. It's it's all about contracts in Islam. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> mashallah, mashallah. Okay, last one. Inshallah, this is a little bit of an odd one. But what are two things that you absolutely cannot have for breakfast? Uh, that I cannot have. Yeah, like it's like, it's just, yeah. Or, or are you just generally not a picky person with food? I'm a picky person with food. Breakfast, um, I don't eat a big breakfast. So it's, mm. as long as it's light, I can't eat like heavy stuff. I see, I see. All right, all right. Makes sense, inshallah. Tayyib khair, inshallah. So I just want to, inshallah, start. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, Like the reason why I brought you on, uh, you know, Brother Omar, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you, is because I watched the social dilemma, right? And... I also, as you know, like there have been some recent things online that have kind of yeah. like pushed me to want to invest in writing and producing some material to kind of help us. Not that I'm anybody that, you know, is, is somebody that people should listen to, but because I feel like there's a lot of literature in our tradition that if maybe it was organized in a certain way, um, you know, it could be very helpful in these times. Um, yeah. So after I watched The Social Dilemma, I decided to do this series and, um, you know, I wanted to accomplish a couple of things with the series. I wanted to just show how it's important for Muslims to reflect. If you watch anything, you should have a Muslim reflection on it. You know what I mean? You need to think about your own right. people and produce. Um, and it needs to be in a proactive way. It can't be always reactionary, right? Absolutely, uh, yeah. SubhanAllah. And, uh, you know, 
because of that also, uh, one thing that's really important to me, and I really try my best to always insist on this, is centering people who have done research. It's, I find it to be a little bit like, you know, disrespectful at times. If somebody invested a lot of time and organized things, it doesn't mean they're the most knowledgeable on a topic or right. the most scholarly on a topic. But if somebody took the time to like sunniff, you know what I mean? Like to organize something on a matter, let's bring them on and let's benefit from their presence, ta'ala. So that's why I brought you on. So my first question for you today, ta'ala, is first, if you could just introduce yourself and after that, tell us, what is it that prompted you to write about the fiqh of social media? Okay, uh, 40 hadith on social media. Like, what is it that made you feel like this was a thagra or a space that needed some commentary? Wallahu ta'ala. Tawla, bismillah. All right. So, uh, alhamdulillah, one, you know, one thing that I've been fortunate is I've been involved in a couple of different projects that have been primarily centered online, right? So, mm. uh, starting up Muslim Matters. Uh, working for a couple of different Islamic organizations, for example, Gullam Institute, um, helping them, you know, and the initial stages is kind of getting some stuff online. Going as far back as college, I had like Islamic websites even before they were blogs. Like I would type up passages from book and post them online, like as a website type of thing. So nice. you know, I've always been involved doing some sort of thing online. And so noticing just how people were interacting, noticing the effects of it, um, because it does, it, look, and it's not just religious, right? It takes a toll spiritually. It takes a toll mm. professionally. It affects family relations. You know, it affects everything. Um, and, at, and at some point, there's kind of this thing of, okay, our religion is timeless guidance forever, mm. right? And so instead of us, you know, and there was like a certain point in time where the, the Muslim community discussion was, is Facebook haram or halal? And it was like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like I, I don't think that it matters. And I know mm. that's like a like a sacrilegious type of thing to say, but people are going to be on it regardless of whether some imam gets up on a Friday clip and says Facebook is haram, right? Mm. Or someone gets up and says Snapchat is haram. Well, that that's not going to actually change how anyone is interacting with that technology or that. Yeah, it's like, it's like the TV is haram uh, discussion. Back right, in the day. and yeah. so... So we need a much different approach uh, in terms of how, you know, how we're going to look at it proactively, what, you know, what are different ways that we can engage with it? How can we make use of it? Because it ultimately is a tool. You can do good things, you can do bad things, just like any other tool. Mm. Um, so what would be, you know, Islamic guidance to help us learn how to use it better and more effectively and better manage it? Mm. Beautiful, mashallah. Yeah, you know, like the, uh, I think another reason why I was uh, I really admired like some may Allah reward you, of course, uh, the work that you put forth, which I'm going to ask you to like you know kind of tell us a little bit about in uh, in just a minute. Uh, you know, I look back, for example, at Imam Nawawi, rahimahullah, uh, in the introduction of one of his books. Uh, it's called the Tibyanu fi Adabi Hamalat al Quran. Uh, you know, Sheikh Musa Ferber has an awesome translation on it called Etiquette with the Quran. In the introduction, it's really beautiful. Like he says, you know, in summary. I looked at my brothers and sisters in Damascus and I noticed that they are so excellent and proficient in their recitation of the Quran, but they don't carry the character of the carriers of the Quran. Subhanallah. Mm. So you see in him that he's not distant from the people. He's not just writing books, excuse me, for the heck of it. You know, he's writing, right. he's on the ground, he's seeing their issues and he's responding. Subhanallah. Um, and it's, it's also not reactionary. So he's like, uh, you know, a contributor to the, the, the Shafi'i school of fiqh and, you know, and everything. But subhanallah, it's like this balance between, you know, uh, 
like being proactive, but also, you know, kind of engaging with the reality that's on the ground. It's super important. And that's why, you know, I really um, liked what you contributed because to be honest with you, I'm not going to lie for a long time. Uh, I think many people would say, I didn't even know that you could have like ikhlas on social media. What does yeah. ikhlas on social media look like? So if you could uh, comment on that, like what, how is there actually like, does my spirituality get affected by the way that I act online? What, what, are, what are some things I should be careful of? What are some of the issues you tackled with the fiqh of social media? All right, so that's a very broad question. Mm -hmm. um, in, term, so, in terms of the effect on spirituality, right? There's, you know, I'll just give people the example that there's the hadith of, there's a hadith that gave the example of good company and bad company, right? Good company is like the musk seller. Mm. You walk into the shop, it smells good. You get a sample, you smell good. You buy some perfume, it's all good. You feel better the whole bit, right? Mm. Because you're in that environment. You go visit a blacksmith. It's kind of like one of the car mechanic, right? It's dirty. It smells bad. You touch something. You want to wash your hands. When you leave, you want to take a shower because it was just an icky environment, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. We understand that when it comes to company, physical company, who you hang out with, who you meet up for dinner, who you talk to on the phone, etc. But we don't connect the dots in terms of the environment that we sustain online. So the feed that wow. I have to check a dozen or 50 or 100 times a day, the people that I'm following is the company that I'm keeping, whether it's someone... I've met you personally, or whether it's a celebrity that I've never met. But if I'm seeing messages from them 40 times a day, that's more often than I talk to my mom. Right? <laughs> and so that's going to have an impact on me, whether I like it or not. SubhanAllah. So, so, uh, yeah, so you would say uh, it makes sense. I mean, like, you know, uh, like, the, the scholars of Tasawwuf, they actually say that shaitan has inroads, you know what I mean, towards, yeah. you know, your heart. And what you see is one of them, what you internalize. Uh, there's a hadith, I'm not sure of the authenticity, honestly, but like even the way that the Prophet ﷺ described al-haya, he said al-haya is, is al-haya min Allah, you know, having shame from Allah Taala and tahfad al-ra'sa wa ma wa'a to protect the, the mind and what, like, what it contemplates. SubhanAllah, that's also part of hayat. Uh, you know, and I think that's something that we neglect because if you're constantly reading, for example, posts from people who are very arrogant, I think it normalizes arrogance. Would you say that, that that's what Absolutely. you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because you're good. Look, the Prophet said that if you want to know someone's character, look at who their close friend is, right? Because one way or another, when you're friends, so with, look, when you're friends with someone, that means that there's some alignment of ethics, of value, of mindset, of behaviors. You're not going to be close friends with someone that your values and worldview are completely unaligned, right? Mm. You may be acquaintances with them, but they won't be your close friend. Your close friend you always have alignment with. And so the people that you follow most closely, if they act in that way, then yeah, you're going to take it on. Um, and I would say that, look, and the trap, the trap, honestly, is this, and this is a little bit of a bigger picture, but online, we're exposed to so much information mm. that we automatically think that whatever opinion that we have on something, whether it's how we act or how we think that it is almost automatically the most informed or most evolved version of that opinion. Allah. And so because, you know, someone, let's say, is, you take, take your example of arrogance, someone <laughs> is being arrogant, but they're presenting such a flood of information that I just say, oh, this is right. Mm -hmm. This is correct. And so if that's correct, 
and this arrogance kind of comes with it, well, then so be it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of along for the ride. Mm -mm. And, then, and then if you try to target the arrogance, then you will get like basically flagged as the Adeb card uh, police, basically. Right. And I mean, those are all just like social media games for clout and attention. And they just go back and forth and back and forth. SubhanAllah. But, you know, one thing on the, the what you just said, which I really uh, like, you know, is that uh, the, the idea of what the Prophet ﷺ himself called. OK, meaning that like there, there will come a time, you know, he says in the hadith that like if you find that people are attracted to dunya. Okay, and people obey their miserliness, their desire, you know, to be cheap. Okay, and they, every single individual is only impressed with their own opinion. Yeah. Just like, do just literally take care of yourself because that's a very destructive time and it's very hard to build in those times. So, so, so that ties in really well with what you asked earlier about sincerity, mm. right? And I would say, since if you want to have a gauge for sincerity in, in that respect, it would be the things that you're posting. Let's, let's, let's assume that you're posting Islamic content, okay? Mm -hmm. Would you be okay with your name being removed from it and people still sharing it? Mm. Like that, that's where it starts to get kind of tricky. Like, okay, let's say I post, you know, I just posted on Twitter, like right before we got on, just something about habit change, right? Uh, you know, guide, Islamic guiding principles for habit change, okay. Beautiful. Would I do I want that to build my platform and my attention? Like, am I going to be mad if someone just you know plagiarizes it, or mm. am I okay with that being shared even without my name on it? Like, the, you know, those kind of things start to get at the heart of why are you posting what you're posting? Subhanallah. I, you know, like I think it's um, I, and I think you would agree. Like, I think it's important. You know, even in our tradition, there's the idea of uh, plagiarizing and the dangers of doing that. And the ulama said, like, you know, the barakah would be removed. However, the person who is writing, it, as you mentioned, it can be difficult if they're insisting that their name be attached to what they write. Like uh, Imam Shafi'i said this. He said, like, uh, rahimahullah, like I wish that you know, I could remove my name from all of the contributions that I ever wrote. Like, I, I, don't, even yeah. want, I don't even want it to be, like, ascribed to me, subhanAllah. Uh, so, you know, but that's something that's definitely lost. Like, it's like, they, uh, it's almost, like, fashioned in this way where you, like, you need to be at the center of the attention. You need to be on the radar. Yeah. You need to be recognized. You know, there's no such thing as, like, being under the radar and just doing things for the sake of, you know, the, the right thing being done, whoever ends up doing it, subhanAllah. Um, so, like, one, so on that note of ikhlas, here's what I need some advice on, right? Somebody is talented, okay? And they come to you. And, you know, this person, they actually do good work, right? They enter into the social media sphere and there's a couple of things that they can fall into. And, um, you know, like you mentioned, we were talking about arrogance. You know, there could be a lack of humility. You could get used to this idea of like, I am going to constantly put out content in a way that gets me the highest amount of likes. You know, back in the day, they used to call this like, uh, the, the mashayikh would call this like, this person only talks about whatever the audience wants. You know what I mean? Yeah. So seeking the highest like amount of uh, attention, etc. And also self-promotion, right? 
what are some of the you know reflections you had in the literature that you wrote you know mashallah like on engaging with this and how to steer clear from this you know nature of self promotion is it okay like you know for for if i put an effort you know what i mean for me to like retweet somebody's retweet of my uh, or or retweet somebody praising me okay you know what i mean or like on instagram this is also there too where it's like somebody shares your stuff and you know you want it to spread so you share their share of your stuff what are your comments yeah. on this inshallah please like tear this apart we want to hear your honest opinion of what you think is beneficial inshallah okay so one thing that i kind of wanted to talk about and i think this may be good context for it is backtrack a little bit to understand the bigger picture of how social media works hmm. okay so we know for so i'm going to kind of break it down in three different three ways of understanding something the idea of currency Okay. okay. So in the worldly life, we know currency as wealth. Mm -hmm. Right? That competition over this worldly currency, whether it's money, whether it's kids, houses, whatever, uh, will divert you until you visit the graves. Now we, we get wealth. Mm. When someone is motivated by money, we know how they act. We know what they're chasing. We know why they're doing things. And ultimately, money is the arbiter of who wins or loses in, in some respect. So mm -hmm. people who are entrepreneurs are competing with one another to make the most money. That's their scoreboard. Mm -hmm. Whoever makes the most money wins, is the most successful, is the most valued in society, etc. If I wrong you, the way that we extract justice in this life is I take you to court, I sue you, I get a monetary penalty back. Mm -hmm. The money is used to create some type of justice. In the hereafter, we know that it's deeds, right? So... If I backbite you, the currency, now the wealth is irrelevant, but now the currency is your deeds. Hmm. The deeds either get you into heaven, they either get you into hell. And if you have something unsettled with someone, you have to give them your good deeds or you take their bad deeds, right? That's how you have, that's the currency of the Akira. Hmm. Social media is very different in the sense that the currency of social media is attention. Hmm. And so the person that's winning on social media is not the one that's making the most money but it's the one that's getting the most eyeballs, right? Every metric of social media is oriented around what was the video watch time. So this, let's say this live goes on for 45 minutes. You're tracking at what point did people stop watching? How many people watched it? How many people liked it? How many people retweeted it? How many people commented? How many people like all of these things? And so it incentivizes people to act in a certain way. Now, whether someone is sincere or insincere, slightly irrelevant to the point that everyone's playing the same game mm. you understand what i'm saying yes yes because yeah. social media incentivizes you to seek attention and so let's say i'm the most sincere person on the planet and i want to make dawah online if i'm going to play that game i have to do the things even if i say that i'm doing it with ihsan i'm doing things the best way possible the best way by definition means you have to do things in the way that get you the most attention and by the same on the flip side someone that has a bad intention will be playing the exact same game and trying to get that exact same attention. They're all fighting over, over that. Mm. So when it comes to that question of self-promotion and, and how you act and all that, it's very difficult to tread that. And I would say really what it comes down to is if you don't, and, and, and I've seen a lot of people either do it well or do it terribly. Mm. And I would say, in, at least in my observation, the thing that I've noticed that keeps people straight or gets them screwed up is their inner circle. 
So if someone has a strong inner circle of people that, you know, can literally like, that can call them out. Like I post something and you message me like, Omer, dude, what, what the heck are you doing? Why did you <laughs> post that? Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll be like, Oh, you know, like, I'm like, Oh man, you're right. Yeah, I, yeah. I go back and delete it. You know, mm-hmm. if I don't have people that can do that both personally and maybe religiously, I'm going to fall off the wagon at some point because it's just too tempting to get the attention and build a platform. Cool. And, and on the other end, when you have people that shun advice or don't have a strong inner circle, or they only have people around them that just cheer them on because again, on social media, it's very easy to, it's very easy to find a cheerleader. Right? Look like you're, you're a Khatib, right? I always give people this example. Mm-hmm. When you give khutbah, you could be up there saying something blasphemous, wrong, misquoting, but like just making a complete imbecile of yourself. And there will still be 10 people in the audience going, yes, absolutely <laughs> right? And they're just nodding and cheering you on no matter how stupid the thing that you're saying is. And you look at them and you get confidence and keep going. Well, you, it's easy to find thousands of people like that online to cheer you on no matter what you do. And if that's all that you listen to, then you fall into that trap. Subhanallah. It's so, I, you know, uh, so many things that I'm thinking like while you're speaking, subhanAllah, is very beneficial. May Allah reward you. Uh, you know, Umar ibn Khattab, ta'ala anhu, he said, لا خير في أمة لا تنصح ولا تنصح. Like, uh, there's no goodness in a people that, um, you know, they, they don't give advice, but also they don't receive. They, they, they don't, like, they're, they're not receptive to advice. Yeah. And I, I really think that that's, that if you observe social media, you kind of almost can see like a progression of stubbornness, right? It's oh, like, yeah. it's like, so somebody posts this like controversial statement at some point in their whatever life. And um, like, you know, they get a certain, you know, response. Then they push the line a little bit more. Then they push it a little bit more. And it just, it just becomes like, subhanAllah, I've seen so many people, you know, and this is kind of a tangent, like, follow this progression where um, they slowly leave the deen even, okay? Well, Bec- can, I, can I point something out here? Yeah, sure. See, so, so this, what you're describing is a result of this attention metric. Allahu Akbar. Right, Allahu so, Akbar. so the thing is, if you posted something about, let's say you posted something, I don't know, I don't want to name any, con- but let's just say you picked some controversial issue. Right. Okay. Um, moon siding. Let's go with moon siding. Right. <laughs> nice. Try to keep it neutral, but nice. absolutely, you know, absolutely. A, little, a little, a little spicy. All right. <laughs> you post something on moon siding. Mm. Okay. You get a little bit of reaction, a little bit of traction, whatever. Mm. Next time you post something, if you stay at the same level, right, the same level of entertainment, the same level of engagement, the same level of information, the same level of hot takeness, right? Mm-hmm. The second time and the third time and the fourth time, that engagement is going to dwindle down. Mm. And so you're going to say, oh, my message is not getting through. So what do I need to do in order to get people talking about it again? I got to up my hot take just a little bit. And then I got to up it again. And then I got to up it again. And so that's why discourse gets more and more and more polarized because people get tired of seeing the same thing. They need something novel. They need something new. And so the way to say something new is to double down and double down and double down and get more and more and more extreme, right? Mm -hmm. If all you ever posted, if all any of us ever posted was reminders about praying five times a day, it would get zero likes and zero. (laughs) But if you you decided to just get more and more belligerent about feminism, you'd have millions of followers. SubhanAllah. There you go. There you go. 
That's a very necessary uh, comment. You know, it's uh, like the way that I see it, I always question myself. I always say like, Imran, are you trying to follow an algorithm? Like, be careful. You yeah. know, if you're trying to like build momentum, I always question myself like, okay, Imran, if you are even building momentum, are you trying to build momentum so that people can come back to you? Like, why? What's the point? And, and this, I think, and we, we had this conversation or at least started talking about this, you know, this is why like being part of an institution is so much better even spiritually because it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing you all in, this, in the direction of this institution, you know, because it's like uh, there's a group of people who are doing awesome work, right? Yes. But, and so it becomes about the action. But when it's like, yo, I, I want to like do like videos. I want to do this. I want to write that so that they could come back to Imran. That's that to me is very dangerous. So I'm wondering what your thoughts on are on that. I agree completely. I mean, it's and and that's part of that inner circle as well, right? Like if you're with a strong organization, mm. then you have those relationships to keep you in check. Mm-mm-mm. But if once you're on your own, you're on your own. Like that that becomes very dangerous. And look, and some people, yeah, they can you know they can they can tread those waters. Mm. Uh, but I would say they're the exception more than the norm. Subhanallah. Would you say? that social media had a negative or positive impact on people's um, like uh, on people knowing the importance of mentorship. I don't, that's a tough one. Um, What's your general take uh, like on the way people saw the need to have a sheikh or the need to have a mentor or the need to have somebody who kind of like disagrees with you a little bit or challenges you a little bit. Like what, what, what impact has social media had on that specific, you know, uh, uh, like value, if you will. I would say the impact that we see of that is probably not seen online. Hmm. Right. I think when people have that mentorship in those relationships, what ends up happening is part of that advice becomes, Stop posting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, true. I and, and, and look, and I kid you not. I had <laughs> someone message me the other day saying, "Hey, can you please talk to so and so, someone that I know, like because they're getting a little out of control online." Absolutely. And it's I, just like, oh, I, dang. I, to, to, be, to be honest with you, I've I've had moments in my life where I've had Mashayikh call me and tell me like, Imran calm down bro like you know there are certain topics that are touchy for every group of people for me i remember like maybe five six years ago uh things like normalization with you know uh, zionist groups etc stuff like that would really get me riled up you know and you know i was like donald trump on the on the the posting immediately (laughs) jumped you know to to posting and you know i had people that told me like you know this isn't productive okay like the only way and, and actually that that's what i would like to hear from you like what is the badil? What is if, if if it's not productive to react online, okay? What is productive then? So see, here's the thing, right? I always tell people to self-assess. Mm-hmm. When is the last time you changed your worldview on something as significant as Zionism or abortion or whatever mm. because of someone's Facebook comment? Mm. It probably never happened. Right. And so, and you know, what's funny is um, a lot of the discussion I think is not intended to change people's minds. I read, you know, I read something that really stuck with me that said that people are more, when it comes to act, let's take activism, right? When it comes to advocating for causes, Mm -hmm. people would rather be known. They care more 
about being known as someone who advocates for uh, for causes, then they actually care about the cause. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Like I would rather be seen as I would rather that you think I'm pro-Palestinian. That's my concern is more that you know, Brother Imran thinks I'm pro-Palestinian than I actually like make dua for people in Palestine. <laughs> Subhanallah. And, and and the proof in the pudding is this, and anyone that has a website knows this, is people share articles without reading them. Oh, absolutely. Subhanallah. Right? And because they're there's they're trying to give a signal off that I'm the type of person who cares about these things or thinks about these things in a certain way, just to show that to other people. And so the change, I look, I'm not saying that change can't come from social media, mm -hmm. but I'm saying that it's not as easy as people think. And it's not as common necessarily as people think. Oh. I would say like, if I'm self assessing, when I've changed my mind on something, let's say I thought one thing, mm -hmm. and I actually was like, wow, I'm wrong about this. And I've, I've adopted like a different way of looking at it. Mm -hmm it would come through extensive conversations with people that I know that disagreed with me. And exactly. us going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, me going and reading something, watching a couple of videos, discussing it with someone else, and like really working through a process of tackling that issue over the course of maybe a few weeks or a couple of months before just being like, yeah, I was wrong, and now I need to think about it this way. SubhanAllah. You know, and, and that, that's actually what I want. Uh, I feel like the same thing. For me personally, the only time I've ever changed my mind on an issue is when I went to a sheikh that I love very much. And I yeah. told them, could you believe that somebody said X, Y, Z? And then they're like, what's wrong with that? And then I'd be even more angry. You know what I mean? But then like sorting it out with them, when I actually took that conversation to a person, a human being who has more knowledge than me, that's when I actually changed my mind. But if it had it stuck on, uh, to, to the online space, I, I would have never changed my mind. And, and the other and the other part of it also is for someone to be able to give you that advice or call you out on being wrong you have to have a relationship with them Allah you have to have some level of trust mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so if I'm about to post something and and this happens like more than I'd like to admit but I, I have something that I think is like funny or witty or cool mm. I show it to my wife and I'll be like hey what do you think about this before I post it she'll be like no, don't post that. <laughs> and I'll be like, man, all right. And I delete it before it ever goes up, mm, you know? Mm. Um, but, but you have to have people that give you that feedback. And so if, you know, and look, that happens to me too, right? Like I get, I see something and I'm like, what the heck is going on? Mm. But instead of going to Twitter about it, maybe I message a couple of people and be like, hey, I saw this is how I reacted or this is, this is my reaction to it. And they'll be like, no, 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 actually, you're completely misreading the situation. Mm. I'll be like, okay, cool, right? Like, I would rather mess that up in a group chat with four people than for the whole public. SubhanAllah. You know, this point right here, it brings me to another point that I wanted to discuss, which is this idea of people maturing online. You know, it's yeah. like... That, that to me is like, when I think about it, when I think about the way scholars became scholars, right? Like when I look at examples that I personally find, you know, inspirational in their studies, okay? Regardless of some of their political stances that we may disagree with. When I look at somebody like Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, Imam Sahib Web, you know, these people that they went and they were off the radar for maybe a decade, okay? Maybe more. I don't even know how long, right? And uh, like Sheikh Abdul Nasser Jangda, there are so many examples of people who put these efforts, right? They were off the radar, they studied, 
and their reflections were with a close circle of people, right? A close circle of people, and they were able to like val get validation, sometimes get challenged. And then after 10 years of reflection and getting challenged and being put in their place and everything, then they come to the public with their conclusions. Not come yeah. with your immediate conclusions, instant gratification, go out there and get your voice heard. And dude, like if you would have just sat in one halaqa with a teacher, you would have probably changed your mind. But you, you didn't. Yeah. SubhanAllah. So, so if you have any comments on that. No, it's absolutely true. Like, you do, you know, you don't want your brainstorming process to be in public. <laughs> exactly. You know? SubhanAllah. Um, and, and I think there, there's just because, and look, and it's what you said, the validation, right? I, there's so much instant validation to something that just becomes tempting to just throw anything and everything that you're thinking up for everyone to see. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Yeah, and, and like you said, like, it goes back to, Really, I, like, I think if everybody on this live could walk away with one question, it is like, what is your metric? Like, what is your metric? If your metric is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure, okay, then you will, inshallah, be able to navigate through these. This was one of the things that, like, while I was watching The Social Dilemma, I'm not going to lie. Of course, a lot of it is kind of like, you know, it's kind of scary and it's, uh, you know. It was alarmist. It was a little bit alarmist. Yeah, but like, a lot of it, exactly. Like, a lot of it, I felt like if you have basic islamic ethics in terms of for example verifying information yeah you will be able to navigate thing. through 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 these things you know subhanallah uh, like if you have basic adab if you have basic mentorship inshallah you will be able to navigate through these things um you know subhanallah so uh, i forgot what we were saying actually but like yeah it, oh, in, in essence what i'm saying is that what is your metric like what what is it that you use in order to like Gain validation. Allah says in the Quran, "Qul akbaru shahada." Whose testimony is the greatest testimony? Qulillah. You know, um, and like I'll share one story with you. You know, I actually had a dream of this ayah. "Qul akbaru shahada." I was like maybe 19 years old. I went to Dr. Qatanani in uh, in New Jersey, and I told him this, and he's like, "You like you crave attention. You need to be careful. You crave attention." You know what I said to him? I said to him, what? I don't care what people think. I, or like, you know, this is like a, the yeah. typical response. And then he's like, the fact that you're saying you don't care what the people think means you care about what the people think. So Wallahi, man. And so subhanAllah, yeah. it's like, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's so interesting to me, subhanAllah. No, but yeah, it's, uh, sorry, well, sorry, backtrack. What was the question again? No, I like, so basically, I guess what I'm asking is like, you know, like, what do you think is one of like the main questions that, a litmus test, basically, that somebody can oh, oh. walk away with, yeah. I would say it's, so, it, I mean, it comes down to intention, ultimately. Mm. Like, that's the easy cliche answer. But I would say it's it, intention in terms of simplicity as litmus test. Like, why am I posting something, right? Mm. The, the challenge is in the implementation because social media rewards you for being fast mm. and being quick. Mm. and being like the first at something and so you know the more things speed up the harder it is for you to actually slow down oh. and that's where i think that litmus test comes in is like can you actually pause and be like why am i posting this or sharing this or saying this or liking that or whatever and look and that doesn't mean that all of a sudden i just only quote hadith now and quran and oh no yeah and that and that's it you know like maybe i'm posting something because i think it's funny exactly that's fine as Absolutely. long as 
I understand that that's why I'm posting it, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. As long as you can be clear with that intention, then, you know, you're good. But I think people have to be careful of like, am I posting this because I'm being passive aggressive against someone? Mm. Am I, you know, sharing this because, you know, whatever. And I think like, you know, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and they were mentioning how they significantly cut down posting things like their meals or their kids or, you know, like this other, you know, things that they normally would post just on a regular basis, just saying like, look, I just, this, this is what this person said. Like, mm. look, I just realized like, especially these last few months, a lot of people are struggling and I don't want to post things that makes that struggle worse because I just, you know, there's an awareness of times are a lot tougher than normal right now. So right now is not the time to like flex on all that stuff. SubhanAllah. Yeah, you reminded me of a story of Al-Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah. You know, he was like sitting down and uh, there was a janazah that was going on. So they called him to the janazah. And uh, before, like, they told him, come with us. There's a janazah. Somebody passed away. So we could go attend. So he, he sat for a second, paused. And then he looked back up at them. And he said, okay, I'll go with you. So they asked him, why did you pause? Like, what was that? What's going on there? He's like, I wanted to look into my heart, okay, and examine, am I going only because the whole group is going and I just want to fit in and I'm like, I feel shy from them or am I going because the Prophet ﷺ said there is reward and X, Y, Z and all that. So when I realized that I want to go for the reward, I decided I will join you. SubhanAllah. You know, it's like um, yeah. that, the, the importance of intentionality is like, I feel yeah. like very, very lost. I remember I took um, a class in, uh, it was in college. It was called Cognitive Science. So the mm -hmm. professor, he said, um, there's, there's one main difference between a computer and a human being. One main difference. Like scholars of whatever who researched yeah. this, and they said that the difference between a computer and a human being is intentionality. SubhanAllah. Like mm -hmm. the, the, the human being has the ability to have an uh, intention. The last thing you reminded me of, SubhanAllah, is like you said, this uh, something I kind of call the learning to teach disease. A lot of people, as soon as they hear a new hadith or ayah that they maybe have never contemplated before or a new quote from Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, they see we're almost programmed because of the attention metrics, as you mentioned, to see what, you know, what I like to call hype value in the quote. They don't see the amali value. They don't see the value like, how can this transform my life? They see yeah. the value in posting it, subhanAllah. Yeah, that, you know, that one, I think it's a new flavor on an old issue, mm. right? So... Uh, like when we do khutbah training, that's something that comes up. Like, should you, you know, if I want to speak about something on Friday, for example, do I go and research it or should I have already been learning and coming up with a topic? Or am mm. I only researching because I have to speak about it type of thing? SubhanAllah. Right? Like, and so it kind of becomes a little bit of why am I learning it or like, am I sharing it? Am I sharing it just because it had an impact on me and I want to share it with other people? Cool. Like, you know, like, do go for it mm. but if it's kind you know but if it's i want to share this because i want people to think that i've like i'm suddenly studying the works of ibn al-qayyim for five hours a day type of thing then maybe not you know mm -hmm. but that again it's very difficult to gauge unless you have like a strong introspective process as to what you're doing and why um 
And there's not an easy answer because, you know, because of how social media is structured, everything somehow comes back to personal brand building or platform building or whatever, you know? So it's, it's hard because on the one hand, if, you know, let's, let's say someone shares something like, Oh, that had some impact on me. So I want to reshare it. Right. That's one thing. Yeah. Uh, and then am I projecting an image of something that I'm not is a different one. And that, uh, you know, and, and again, and not to sound like a broken record, but that's where those relationships come into play where people can tell you when maybe you're getting too close to that line. Mm, subhanAllah. So I guess like, uh, you know, in conclusion, uh, what are like, we talked a lot about some of the issues. We talked a lot about, you know, the, like the metrics seeking attention. What are some things you've done? Like after reading and writing about this, uh, and what are some advices we can leave, inshallah, the, the viewers that you think are helpful to kind of break away from this, I guess we could call it vicious cycle? So I do a couple of things. So one is the intention thing is important. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like just always assessing, right? Like, they, you know, they always say check your intention before a deed, during the deed and after the deed. And I look, and I can be quite honest, any time that I sit and actually think, why am I doing something? 70 80 percent of the time i'll either delete it before posting it or delete it after i posted it <laughs> you know like just mm. because i'm like what, what am i doing this is dumb you know mm. so intent is one the second is i would say ruthlessly unfollow people oh mashallah ruthlessly unfollow like mute and look and and i i'm not trying to be like too negative here but i have had to unfollow or mute most Muslim personalities online, like oh. just because I, I don't care about the things that they're arguing about all the time. Mm. And so 80% of my social media consumption is like cooking and sports. <laughs> nice. like it has nothing to do with religious value just because they're not providing religious value. Allah. They're just making it a, a stage to argue with one another. Even people that otherwise sometimes have beneficial content. Right. I'm like, hey, you know, if you write a book, I'll buy the book and read it. But I can't read your Twitter feed anymore. <laughs> you know, like um, so ruthlessly unfollow people and like, you know, be very particular about what you're letting in. Mm. Third thing is uh, unplug. And when I say unplug, I mean, look, you know, I'm not a fan of like these 30 day challenges and this and that, like, oh, I'm disabling Facebook from that. Okay, well, whatever, like find ways to unplug in a practical format, right? So let's say that you use Facebook too much, then delete it off your phone, mm. but you can still use it at your, on your laptop computer. And all that that does is it just introduces a level of friction, just a, a little bit of an annoyance that will just make you use it a little bit less. The other part of unplugging is I would say, find pockets of time where you don't let yourself use your phone. So maybe that's family dinner time for a lot of people, right? Mm. But when we eat dinner together, we don't have our phones out. Maybe it's 30 minutes after waking up, 30 minutes before going to bed. Maybe it's lunchtime, you know, whatever it is, but just find pockets where you can unplug um, and just be away. Maybe, maybe it's just that you delete all social media apps off your phone for a week mm. or two weeks and then you just add them back on. Like uh, maybe it's, if you tend to post a lot, um, you know, give yourself a little like 72 hour moratorium on posting anything or replying to anything or commenting on anything, mm. uh, just to detach yourself and just remind yourself that 
you know, ultimately no one really cared what opinions you had on that issue anyway. And no one missed it. Right. Like when, you know, I've done that. I'll go quiet for like four days and not post anything. No one notices because no one cares. And it's like a good, like sometimes you need that reminder because, because like you said, we become so fascinated with our own opinions that we think other people care about it too. Mm. And it's like, no, they really don't. If you stop posting and deactivating your account, the only people that would notice are people that you probably talk to regularly outside of social media anyway. Allah. You know? Um, and then the last, the last thing is uh, prioritizing. So it's always know your priority in any given moment. Um, and, you know, kind of like easy, easy example is like if you're on your phone and your mom calls you, well, then you, you don't need to reply to that WhatsApp message at that moment in time. You need to go see what your mom wants, mm. right? Like put your phone down at that time. If you're driving, maybe don't be on your phone. That's not the appropriate time, right? Prioritize what's important. If you're standing in line at the grocery store with nothing to do, then sure, take out your phone and scroll through TikTok or whatever. Like do whatever you want because at that moment in time, there's not a more pressing priority. So be aware of what priorities there are in your life and how your device usage is impacting you. Look, and I'll, and I'll share one, one thing that it's kind of a sad example, but it, it's come up so many times, I feel compelled to share it, right? <laughs> when I do these like little fickle social media seminars and whatnot, I always get like this steady stream of, and they're not complaints, they're just questions. Sometimes they're complaints, but it's always some iteration of, you know, my husband comes home from work, He's tired. He's been working hard. I don't want to bother him. I don't want to be a nuisance. But he comes home and he sits on the couch all day on WhatsApp, talking to his friends, forwarding videos, watching things until he goes to bed. I've heard, I've done this for like for an MSA and I've had kids that are in college come up to me and say like, I don't know how to deal with my dad. My dad is on, we come home, he's on WhatsApp all day. And I feel like I'm raising my little siblings because my dad, like he's physically present, but he's on his phone and we just can't talk to him. And he's just not, like physically present, but not mentally or emotionally present because he's always on his phone. And so have a sense of prioritization as to what you're doing in any given moment, when and why. Allahu Akbar. SubhanAllah. MashaAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you for this. You know, I think it's, um, these are the types of initiatives that really, in my opinion, need to be supported. We have our youth, like you said, on TikTok. We have our youth on social media. Uh, so may Allah reward you for trying to bring, you know, the light of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam into these spaces so that we have some level of like knowledge in terms of the ethics of engagement on uh, social media. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. You know, we covered a lot of topics today. We talked a little bit about, you know, why it's important to comment on these issues and be on the ground. We talked about what ikhlas may look like uh, on social media, the importance of intentionality, uh, the dangers of self-promotion, uh, self and uh, the currency. Uh, you know, what is the currency that is, you know, uh, is the commodity on social media, and that is people's attention, and that is actually a very dangerous route uh, to to follow because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in the Quran, "Wama aktharun nas harasta The vast majority of people, when Allah talks about the majority in the Quran, unfortunately, the majority are not necessarily always doing the best of things. So, if the majority of, of people are, you know, adhering to something or liking your content, it's not necessarily you know, an indication of righteousness. May Allah protect us. The four advices uh, our dear brother uh, mentioned to us, intention, assess your intention, inshallah. 
ruthlessly unfollow people, you know, make sure to leave to, to, yani, inshallah, cut out all, all of the toxicity. Be careful of what you internalize and unplug. Okay. Take some time away, put the phone away for some time. Uh, you know, make sure that like, you're not so attached to it in a way where you literally cannot, you know, dedicate yourself to anything else and then prioritize, mashallah, intention, ruthlessly unfollow, unplug and prioritize, mashallah. Uh, brother Umar, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you. I urge every single one of you, please, I pinned the comment on the bottom, uh, to go to ibnabiumar.com. If you sign up for his newsletter, just by literally putting your email, you get a free PDF of the 40 hadith on social media. Alhamdulillah, I downloaded it the other day, actually, just to refresh. Alhamdulillah, I've, I've read it before. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's really awesome. It's just beautiful, you know, to see the hadith of the Prophet, وسلم, giving you light on the way that you post and the way that you engage online, mashallah. So please go to ibnabiumar.com and uh, subscribe to his newsletter. And inshallah, you will get uh, that, that PDF and read it and share it with your children and, uh, and with your youth and with anybody who can benefit ta'ala. And just subscribe really, you know, beyond the PDF for the content that he writes. Mashallah, the brother, uh, may Allah reward him. Uh, he writes on, you know, Islamic, uh, like personal, personal development from an Islamic perspective. Uh, and uh, like, to be honest, like this is one of those things that I think we need more Muslims in because while people who write on personal development have um, a lot of practical advice to offer, it's still f like missing the spiritual element. Yeah. And it's like so dangerous. There's and, a lot of holes. Oh, absolutely. And you know, and so like, uh, and like, it's so funny because especially like people that I know, they would get so excited when a personal development expert says, expert, whatever, says, oh, you know, I wake up before the sun rises. And you know what I mean? Like they get so excited and it's like, man, like, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Yeah. But inshallah, that's a topic for another time, ta'ala. You know, this is like, there's so much to talk about. But jazakallah khairan, brother Umar, and uh, forgive us our shortcomings. And inshallah, we look forward for to, uh, inshallah. Uh, if, you, if we have, I think we have like maybe just seven minutes or so. Uh, we don't have to use all that. But if anybody has any questions, you could just type them, inshallah. Uh, you know, uh, and, and inshallah. Just remember, please, ibnabiumar.com. Barakallahu feekum. So if there are any questions, then we'll take them. Let's see here if there were any comments uh, worth... I don't think I'm seeing comments on my end, so you'll have to read them out if you okay, see them. Okay, got you. Oh, mashallah. SubhanAllah, amazing point. Same with wanting... Shaykh Hashazia, mashallah, may Allah bless her. Uh, same with wanting to seem hard on the haqq and not caring about actually bringing people closer to it. SubhanAllah. So true. Okay. Uh, I guess that was on the point when we were talking about like... Uh, like just, you know, not like advocating for causes, but not actually caring about the cause itself. Yeah. SubhanAllah. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't really see. Yeah, I don't really see anything, inshallah. Call us, inshallah. We'll call it a night. Barakallah feek. Jazakallah khair for your time. Uh, no, it's okay. Barakallah feek. And uh, keep us uh, in your dua. And inshallah, I'll post the IGT, uh, the, the live on my IGTV for people to benefit afterwards, inshallah. Barakallah feekum. Hayakum Allah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Google Play or whatever podcast player you use. And please rate and review the podcast. As always, if you share it with a friend that's much appreciated, you can check the show notes for all the details and links. See you in the next episode.